following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Taken away by the Stars, Del Canner. Have numbers, Rope hits, drops it. Johnston shoots, he scores! There's no signal from the referee. Centering, and it's off for Harley. His shot, score! New unit out there, but Haskinen remains the lone defenseman in front. Tim scores! Oh, I wish I had better news for you. I really do, folks. That's a real bummer out of the start with Willie here. Considering we're in the bleachers. But I think we're going to have to. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Matthews. We are delighted that you are with us. Boy, the All-Star break could not come soon enough for the Washington Capitals. And we are going to talk with the Washington Post's Bailey Johnson about it in just a couple of minutes. Uh, If you didn't know, if you had missed the memo, the last road trip before the break was a big one for the Caps. They needed to get some points. And by and large, they did not. They got Uno, one. Other than that, it was Ugats. So here's the way it went. A 3 nothing loss to the Blues, a 5-3 loss to the Wild. Neither one of those teams setting the world on fire right now. But the Caps sure made them look good. Then a 6-2 loss to the Avalanche in a game that they just got run. And give them credit, they showed some heart in coming back against the Stars. Uh, But they lost that one in overtime as well by a final of 5-4. So, you know, you look at it, one of the things that the Caps have hung their hats on this year, even when they were losing, was that the defense and the goaltending were keeping it in in it. And, boy, those last four games, they got outskated. And, uh, you know, I think speed really costs them. We're going to take you into the locker room and talk to a couple of the players as well as Coach Spencer Carberry in just a couple of minutes. It was also encouraging that Alex Ovechkin had one of the goals in the comeback for uh, against the Stars. But you look at the schedule right now, and it don't look good. And I hate to say that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, so part of the show, I, I think, is we're looking at, I think the window, I hate to say it, but I, I think that championship window is closed. Unless there's a big-ass reversal of fortune here down the stretch. The Caps have, well, they've played 47 games, so, you know, they've got 25 left on the season. They're sitting right now uh, in the uh, in the wildcard standings in sixth. They've got 51 points. They're 22-18-7. and seven. They have two games in hand with uh, just about everybody that they're trailing, uh, save the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs have played 47 as well. Uh, but the Red Wings and Islanders, who are ahead of them, 
have each played 49. Pittsburgh's actually only played 46 games, so, you know, they're they're tied with Pittsburgh and the Devils for um, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and, you know, the way it falls. But uh, Pittsburgh's played 46. The Devils have also played 47. Uh, but they're sitting there with 51 points, and when you look at the schedule coming out of the break, it is not going to be pleasant. They're, it's a tough schedule coming up here. In February and March, you get a little bit of a break with the Canadians right off the bat at home, but the rest of uh, February looks like this. On the road against the Panthers, on the road against the Bruins, home against Vancouver and Colorado, up to Montreal to play the Canadians, home against the Devils, on the road against Tampa, on the road against uh, the Panthers, and then you finish up the month with Ottawa and Detroit. Be interesting to see what happens as we come towards the trade deadline and if we see the Caps become sellers. Uh, I think it's only another couple of weeks of bad results where we see that. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I think you go back and look at it historically. Obviously, you know, after winning the Cup, they basically had a four-year window there. And they they weren't able to get out of the first round, and then last year's disaster. And I, I think I think Brian McClellan and Spencer Carberry have got to take a good hard look at this and start building, um, re- rebuilding. Maybe it's time to see all of the kids that are on loan to Hershey right now back up in the lineup because the retooling I don't think has worked that well. And there's there is a lot of talent in Hershey. Uh, maybe it's time to get it all up here and, and let all those kids play and, and you know, see what you've got with them. Now, some of that selfish reasons for me, because if you bring everybody up, then I get uh, more chances to practice saying Ivan Marushnichenko. And, and see, I've been working on it. All right, let's start, let's start uh, with Dylan Strom. Uh, in the locker room after uh, the Stars game. Stromer's one of those guys that's they're going to lean on in, in the coming years. They've signed him to a new contract. Uh, you know, they're going to count on him to be the top-line center for quite a while now. And Stromer's saying after the game, yeah, it, uh, this road trip did not work out the way they thought it was going to. Obviously, it wasn't our, wasn't our best road trip. I lost my voice yelling so much, I think. <clears throat> wasn't our best road trip obviously we got down um you know a lot in all the first three games and in this game and yeah just uh you know i think every game of this trip or the last three we scored two goals late and um i think it just shows that you know we don't we don't quit and stick with it and um you know obviously i turned it over on the first goal for them and and then fell on the fourth goal so it was you know, obviously frustrating and, and you want to try to get it back for the team and um you know, he did a great job on six on four, and Obi got a shot through a couple times, and and uh, Willie had a great screen, and then Puck was just sitting there behind him on on that last one. So, um, yeah, I mean, like Coach said after the game, you know, you never know when those points are, are going to come up and matter, and late in April, and you know, hopefully that's where we want to be in, in battling for a playoff spot. So, hopefully that uh, you know, that point that point helps. Uh, hopefully it will, but the the odds get longer and longer. I think just about every game you go by. Problem is, this team's just not scoring enough goals. Um, when you look at, you know, you just look at the stats. I mean, Strom is your leading scorer, your leading goal scorer. He's got 19. 
Anthony Mantha, who has been somewhat of a revelation this year, and, you know, maybe you can look at him to be a viable option the next couple of years, has got 15 goals. Tom Wilson's got 12, and Alex Ovechkin, with over half the season gone, is sitting there with just nine goals. You know, is he, you know, what's going on here? Is is he playing through an injury or what? I mean, just contrast that with uh, the Golden Knights. I figure what the hell, you know, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They've got five guys uh, on in their lineup that have double-digit goals right now, and Jonathan Marchessault is, is leading them um, with 25. Look at Tampa Bay. You know, look at the Lightning. Uh, they've got they've got six, and Nikita Kucherov. They've got Nikita Kucherov, who's scored thirty two. Braden Point has twenty five, and Steven Samkos has twenty one. And then you throw in Hagel, Nicholas Paul, and Anthony Sorelli. Well, there you go. So you know, it, it's they're just not getting enough offense, and I, I think you know. Uh, Carberry said it a couple of games ago. The stars have got to step up, but I hate to say it. I think, you know, the problem is it's the veteran core that's just not able to carry this team anymore. And if your top six, if you if you can't get it done with your top six, you're just not going to get it done, period. Maybe we're at the point where, you know, aside from Ovi and Tom Wilson, you know, is everybody else, does everybody else need to go? I know T.J. Oshie's played well since coming back from injury, but again, he's been hurt so much. You got to wonder, <coughs> excuse me, if a team is looking for a pickup, for a veteran pickup at the trade deadline, does Oshie have to go? Uh, I know that Evgeny Kuznetsov is hard to move because of his contract, but you've seen him bounce up and down the lineup uh, has been as you know they've dropped him down to the fourth line at, at one point. Do you try to figure out a way, even if you have to eat some of his contract, to to move him? Nick Dowd has been. You've heard. I'm sure you've heard the rumblings about Nick Dowd. Is he going to be on the move? Hey, a, a tough fourth line center. Yeah, you you got to think about it. And again, it's also you can start making the move. Um, to the younger kids. I know Ovi said he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild, and hey, you know, you, you give Ovi that for as long as you possibly can, but now we're at a point where it's just, you know, the, the numbers just aren't bearing it out. And even the younger guys, look at Connor McMichael. It's been seven games since he recorded a point. January 13th against the Rangers, he had an assist. Ever since then, nothing, nada. And He's one of the guys that you said, okay, you know, that he's part of the youth movement there. And I think part of it is because you're forcing him to play wing when, you know, he needs to be a center. And I know he's been and, – and then after that, once you get him at center uh, and he develops some chemistry with Alexi Protus and Anthony Mantha, then what happens? And you break that lineup because you're trying to move scoring throughout the lineup. I think they're just coming to a point of, uh, you know, they're coming to a day of reckoning here, and they got to figure out what they are. Are they a veteran team that is capable of making the playoffs and making a run? Are they a te- or are they a team that need to be in a full-on rebuild mode? And I think we're starting to get the evidence that it's rebuild, mil- uh, rebuild mode time. 
Spencer Carberry did try to look on the bright side of things uh, after the overtime loss to Dallas. Again, kind of like Strummer indicated, you know, you come back, you get a point that it didn't look like you were going to get because you were down a ton. Again, if they get hot, that could make the difference in April. Yeah, that that um, huge finish, and, and we didn't lay down in a uh, really difficult game. Like that's a really good hockey team, and um, caused a lot of different issues for teams in general, but us um, as well. So I credit our guys for not laying down um, and finding a way. Six on five steps up, huge scores, two goals uh, to get that game to overtime. Would would have liked to have found a way to get that second point, uh, but. Like I told them, that that point could be very, very important um, down the road. And and we know we've got a long way to go and a lot of work to do um, to be able to hang in these games against these types of teams in in the league. And and we know that, and and we're willing to put the work in, and and we will when we get back from the break. So we'll see. you got, you know, you got to admit, getting two goals there in the last two minutes of the game to send it to overtime, maybe it'll be an emotional lift for these guys. You look at it, and the one thing you can take solace in as a fan is that, as an organization, the Washington Capitals are the gold standard when it comes to consistency and, and excellence. Um you know, everybody bemoans how this team flames out in the playoffs so often. You know, the 2018 run obviously was, a, you know, was a, a, a hugely cathartic moment. But, you know, don't forget, when you pull out, you know, to 35,000 feet and look at it, this team has been in the playoffs 32 times in the last 40 years. Imagine that in any other sport. Uh the longest postseason drought this organization has had has been three seasons, from 2004 to 2007. So history says that they should be able to right this ship pretty quickly. Now, is it going to be this year? Remains to be seen. Still think um, I still think that at this point the odds on that is pretty long. And again, if the Caps miss the playoffs this year. That'll be the longest drought since 2000, again, since 2007. What, 15, 16 years? That's not too bad. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post joins us. We're going to talk to her about it. She has got some excellent insights into what may be coming up and what we need to look for after the break. It's next on the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. See what we did there? New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings has got every single solitary kind of prop bet that you want. Even, you know, from who's going to who's going to win the coin toss? Is it going to be heads or tails all up to who scores the final point? in the big game. All you got to do is really easy. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code THPN. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to bring in Capitals insider Bailey Johnson, reporter for the Washington Post. Bailey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am very well. Thank you very much. You on your way to Toronto for the All-Star Game yet? Pretty much. Heading out there Wednesday evening, so really looking forward to it. Yes, everybody looks forward to Toronto in late January. I'm Sure, the temperatures are going to be way up there, aren't they? Yeah, it's actually it's not terrible. It's like in the 30s Fahrenheit, so it should be pretty all right. Wow, not bad. Boy, they're going to be wearing shorts there. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Caps, everybody said before the last road trip, uh, before the break, it was key. It, was good. it could very well set the tone for the rest of the season. They knew how important it was, and boy, it was not good. Just Just one point out of those games. What's the big takeaway from what we saw on the road? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough trip, and they knew going into it that it was probably going to be a make-or-break stretch for their season. Everybody talked about it. Spencer Carberry talked about it. The players talked about it. They knew how critical the stretch was. They really knew how critical the month of January was. I remember Spencer Carberry saying at the beginning of the month that by the end of the month, they'd have a really good sense of what their team level was and where they were. And the answer is they're six points out of a wild-card spot and only picked up one point on a really crucial road trip. So, I think I don't, unfortunately is maybe the wrong word for me to use in my objective state, but you know, unfortunately for the team's hopes of where they were going to go this year, we're seeing the reality of this hockey team right now. They're not a very good team. They have a hard time scoring goals. If they get anything less than absolutely perfect goaltending, it's an uphill battle for them. And if they can't take a lead in a game and have to open things up, they can't compete. They can't keep pace. Yeah. I mean, you called it. I mean, this is exactly how you said it was going to go when we talked right before the season started. Uh, you you have absolutely nailed it. So, given that, you know, what's the prognosis here when we come out of the All Star break? I mean, you know, is I guess theoretically a St. Louis Blues circa 2019 turnaround is possible, but I'm sure not not ready to you know go to the uh, go on DraftKings and and put a bet down on that happening. No, it really doesn't. And I mean, like, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it's been. I see a lot of criticisms of Spencer Carberry's system out there, and I don't think that's what it is. I think he is getting probably not as much as he can out of everybody, but certainly as much as he can out of most of them. Key exceptions being probably Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov, who he has spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get going. But it's very clear that the way this team has to win games is, 2-1, 3-2, and that's not Spencer Carberry's ideal model of how to play winning hockey. I remember him talking in training camp about they're going to play fast and play connected and the best, I mean, he never said this specifically, but as a puck possession team, that's kind of the motto of the best defense is a good offense. Like if we have the puck all the time, it doesn't matter what the other team can do because we're going to be in control. And he pretty quickly realized as the season got going, and he's talked about this, that their identity as a team just doesn't 
match up with his ideal vision of what a hockey team would be. Like he doesn't have necessarily the players to play the way that he wants to. So they have to play a very tight checking defensive game. They have to play on very thin margins. And when that margin stretches out, they're usually in trouble. Yeah, big time. And so what is going on with Ovi? I mean, that's what everybody wants to know. I mean, I love how in the NHL it's upper body injury, lower body injury. That's it uh, day to day. But then again, aren't we all? I mean, has he been fighting some sort of an injury all year that, that you know, they've tried to keep quiet? Or I just, uh, I mean, I, obviously he's, you know, pushing. He's 38 years old now. I just didn't expect him to fall off the cliff as steeply as he has this year. It's possible. I thought so maybe at the beginning of the year. I think it's less likely now. Obviously, he missed those couple games with that lower body thing that I do think stems back a little bit longer than when he started missing games with it. But, I mean, aging in hockey often hits like a cliff, especially when you're a player who, shall we say, is not exactly in the TB12 model of extending (laughs) every possible healthy thing you can pursue to play as long as you can at as high of level as you can. Um, And I think, I think we're seeing the effects of aging hit him pretty hard. I obviously wasn't around at the end of last year, but my colleagues tell me he really hasn't been the same since his dad died and he came back from that. And I certainly could see a way that that is still impacting him, but it also just seems like physically he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Tom Brady never swam in a fountain in Georgetown with the Stanley cup. So there's the trade-off for that. Uh, so, all right. So, when you look at it here, I mean, it sure looks like the window's pretty much shut for the veteran core that's left here. When do you when do you kind of throw in the towel here, here if you're the Caps and say, you know, this is a full-on rebuild now, and we got to look at, at starting to move some pieces and getting some future assets? That's the hard part. I mean, it's no secret they've been trying to move Evgeny Kuznetsov for years now, but... Right. As my colleague Tarek Al-Bashir likes to say, the other GMs have TV. Like, <laughs> they're watching. They see how he's playing. They see a 30-plus-year-old forward who has, whatever it is, 16 points this year and makes $7.8 million and on any given night could either be the best player on the ice or shifted to the fourth line by the end of the night because he's unplayable. And much of the games this year have gone the latter way for Kuznetsov, and Spencer Carberry's done – He's gone to every tool in the coaching toolbox between moving him around the lineup. Like he's done the carrot thing where you play him between Ovi and Tom Wilson and you put him in the top six and you give him all the opportunities and say, okay, you're playing in the top six. You're doing it. Like show us that you want to do this. And he's done the stick side of it where you put him as the fourth line center and try to get him to just play a simple hockey game and commit to the things he needs to do. He healthy scratched him. Like he's done just about all that the tools that are available to a coach to try to get through to him and it, nothing has stuck. So that's a situation that makes it tough to trade him, even though I'm sure they would like to, but you can't just yep. call up every team in the league and say, Hey, do you want this player? Cause the answers are mostly going to be no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, hmm, let's see an underachiever that makes $7 million a year. I think I'll pass on that. So where does that leave this team? If they're going to be sellers. And I think we all assume if, if anything, they're, they're going to sell. Um, I mean, do you make a, a dramatic move if somebody's really desperate to get over the hump and, and wants, you know, say T.J. Oshie, uh, or, or is it, you know, the lesser, you know, is it the le- the guys further down on the roster? We've heard a lot of talk about Nick Dowd, guys like that. You know, who goes if, if they start selling? No, I don't think you make that kind of move. I think it's more moves. It's the Nick Dowd. It's even somebody potentially like Nicholas Obey-Hubel. 
it kind mm. of popped onto my radar in the last week or so that that could be something that happened just in the sense of he's a winger on an expiring contract. He plays bottom six. He's fast. He has a little bit of skill. You can slot him into line. I mean, he's won a cup, which matters to people. He didn't play every game of that series, but he played a few. So he has playoff experience. He's cheap. He, you know, you can put him in a lot of different places in the lineup. A guy like Joel Edmondson, frankly, from the moment they traded for him in the summer, I've had circled on a potential could get moved at the deadline if they're in a selling position. He's exactly what teams are looking for heading into the playoffs. The exact kind of profile that teams always seem to overpay for at this time of year. And the Caps could even retain more. They re- Montreal retained some when he came to D.C., and the Caps could even retain another 50% and send him somewhere basically for free and probably be able to get a good return for that. The other player I think about, and I think in an ideal world the Caps wouldn't have to do this, but I think that, I mean, it's possible they get offers that make it hard to say no, is Charlie Lindgren. So many teams need goaltending, and Charlie Lindgren has been so good this year. He has found a consistency in his game that he really hasn't had at any point in his professional hockey career. I know his last couple starts haven't been great, but honestly, if you watch him, like, yeah, the Avs scored six goals on him, but what do you want him to do on a Nathan McKinnon wide-open one-timer? Like, that's going in on any goalie in the league. So you kind of have to look at his overall body of work and not just his last couple starts that maybe haven't been ideal and think about the fact that he's he may be 30, but there's not a ton of mileage on him as far as games played. He has another year on his salary or another year on his contract. He only makes a little bit over a million dollars. So if a team did trade for him, they kind of get two kicks at the can of doing something with him in the playoffs. And you start to think, wow, like they, they might be able to get a lot for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody wants a hot goalie. They think you take him deep into the playoffs. All right. So bottom line here, what do you think? Uh, you, they come out of the all-star break a uh, little, uh, you know, midway next week. That schedule is tough, especially in February. They got a lot of work that they got to do if they want to climb back into this thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, there's a game that uh, the broadcasters and I play where we will go through the schedule and tick off games that we think this team is going to win, and there are not a lot of them in February. I mean, <laughs> if they don't beat Montreal in the first game back from the break, and that's a tough one, first game back from a long layoff, I mean, I don't see another like game that where you really think, okay, they can definitely win that game until they get Ottawa at home three weeks later. Like, yeah. they go to Boston, they go to Florida twice, they go to Tampa, they get Colorado and New Jersey and Vancouver at home. Like, those are all really good teams. Who have, they beat New Jersey twice on the road, but it was ugly when New Jersey came to D.C. And Vancouver, obviously, isn't one of the hottest teams in the league. We saw exactly what Colorado looks like just a few days ago. Montreal isn't great, but playing in that building is hard. Like, you start to go through the list and you go, oh, my God, like, they might only win twice in February. Yeah, yeah, and that would that would pretty much pretty much do it. So, what do you think, sellers at the uh, at the deadline or buyers? I think so. No, cer- certainly sellers. Even if they somehow are still mm. in this same spot, six points out, I don't think they're in a position where they can you know go all in and buy and make any decisions that leverage their future at this point. I think management wants to get as much out of what they currently have as possible, but I also think they know that they can no longer afford to be kind of reckless with the idea of the future because they only realistically have a year or two left with some of their veteran guys, and you that's not a point at which you can start saying, okay, yeah, we're going to go all in, and who cares about the future? Like, they know that they have to start planning for the future, and they started to do that last year as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Bailey, thank you so much for joining us. Before we go, um, let everybody know where they can catch you on social media because, folks, i got to tell you, you want to learn something you don't, you didn't know about this club, just read Bailey, just follow Bailey on Twitter and read her in the post. Where can they find you, Bailey? 
Well, I appreciate that. They can find me, obviously, on the Washington Post, Sports Section, Capitals, has it all there. And I'm on Twitter at Bailey A. Johnson underscore. Sounds good. Bailey, thanks so much. Enjoy the All-Star game, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Always a good time. That's going to do it for us. we got to get on out of here. Uh, All-Star weekend, so enjoy it, folks. Uh, Tom Wilson will be playing for the Caps there. Other than that, yeah, that's about it. We will see you on the other side of the break. Hopefully they come back rested, and hey, who knows? You know, it's possible. Have to see. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, we're white. Thank you.